Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the UK Film Review Podcast. Uh, I am your host for this episode, Chris Olsen, and joining me is Robert State. Hi, Robert. Hello. And for this episode, it's a very special episode, um, following on from our Harry Potter one last year, we're now going to be focusing on the Fantastic Beasts uh, franchise series, call it what you will, Um as the new film is uh, basically upon us, the third installment, which is entitled Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Um, so we thought it appropriate to just have a quick look at the the franchise's offering so far, how it ties in with the Potterverse, and where we see the successes, maybe the failures, and also where we kind of want it to go, I guess, um, and what we're hoping from the third film, as well as any future installments. Um, before we sort of crack on with the first film, Robert, I mean, are you a are you a Potter fan? Well, I mean, it's a bit complicated because when I was a kid, yeah, uh, when I was a kid, um, I saw all the films on video and DVD. Um, it was kind of like Star Wars. It was like my introduction to that kind of like multi-narrative like kind of storytelling or, or mu- yeah. multi-film one narrative storytelling and i watched all of them and then in order when order of the phoenix came out that was when i actually started seeing them at the cinema and then i joined in and um that also i think might have been the first time where i was seeing like more than just a film in its sequel i was seeing like a film in a cinema and then a couple years later the next one and then the next one and then the next one you know i got introduced to that kind of again to, to, to that kind of storytelling and and you know it was like the, the 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 series itself is like you know um as a film series is a massive massive accomplishment you know it's a real like 
it, it, it's not just that it created a lot of iconic characters. It's not even just that it revolutionized like the fantasy genre as did Lord of the Rings, but also what it kind of did was like it was just a great set of films. Like it was it was a ten year story told over like eight films, uh, and for the most part, there, there's not a single one that you'd remove. There's not a single like film in that series that in that doesn't feel important in any sense. You know, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, I was, I was agreeing with you. I mean, I, one question though: did, did you read the books or not? No, no. So no, so yeah. Okay. Do you find that that um, has been a problem for you? Like, have you ever had kind of like questions about what's going on in the films and things? Uh, not really. I mean, uh, when I was a kid, I think I remember just being able to follow it totally fine. I, I, I think maybe there might have been like a few things in the films that weren't like. Uh, developed a lot and you know and in the books they probably were developed a little bit more um i think i maybe remember in like the half blood in the half blood prince being kind of confused at the snape reveal at the end or something like that i remember that but that's like i don't even remember why i was confused i just remember being a little bit confused by that as a kid so maybe i was missing a bit of information that the books had but the film didn't but you know but other than that no no i was i was totally i was a newcomer but i was totally able to like follow it and totally you know because it was just i think it was I, I think for the most part the series was just fairly well written you know in that sense yeah and it's, it's interesting because i did read the books um and i i really love the films and i watched them with my wife who is like she's a huge fan of the books and she likes the films but not as much as me um, and she has lots of problems with the with the films because she's like oh they missed this they missed that and they you know obviously there's always those issues when you try and adapt a a book into a film it's, it's going to happen um but i remember watching especially some of the later films with uh friends we'd gone to the cinema and a couple of the guys who we went hadn't read the books and they came out and just went i have no idea what's going on and <laughs> i just wondered yeah obviously you were able to keep up with it so it's, it's you know testament i i did find the same i thought that actually they did a really good way really good um you know, uh, effort in terms of creating the narrative so that it did work on screen they did leave things out but i think they left things out that weren't essential um that you still end up with a very true to the books uh series but one that did really work on film because that so often doesn't happen um that yeah whereas what we've got now with the fantastic beast film is not from <coughs> source material it's being written specifically for the screen and it is still jk rowling doing it um and well maybe we'll get into this but it's perhaps one of uh, potential issues is the fact that there isn't that original source material it's not got that rich world already there on a page to be kind of brought to life it's being brought to life at the same time um but we'll get to that i guess um so we're going to jump back a few years now, listeners, um, six years, actually, six years back to 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, which um, obviously there was a huge amount of uh, interest around this when it was revealed. I actually was invited to the original like press launch for this, which was oh, wow. in Leicester Square, where, the, yeah, they, they had all these, um, they filled up the Empire Cinema there and... J.K. Rowling was there. Loads of like the the other people were there to like 
show you a preview of the film it was like where they do that 15 minute thing which is a nightmare for me because it's like an hour and a half up to, up to london to go watch 15 minutes of a film um but i went because i was like oh actually it's more of an event and there'll be lots of people there um but when they were there that was then they re- announced that it was going to be a franchise that was going to be at least five films um so i mean were you excited for this when you heard the news of it mm. well what i'd say basically is that um like I, I can't remember like when it was specifically announced, but when it was like like I knew that it was basically like going to be a prequel that was based on that, that was kind of based on a book, but it wasn't really a full book. It was more like a, just a guide book to mm. the Harry Potter world, you know. And then um and then what they did was like I I, I just thought they were adapting it to film and stuff like that. And um and then what was weird is like when they actually finally released like the first trailer for it and stuff like that and the marketing. The, the thing that was, like, persistently in my mind was, like, this looks good, and this has some of the hallmarks of Harry Potter, but I don't know what this has to do with Harry Potter, you know? Like, because the thing is, is that if you go back to the marketing, what's really noteworthy is that they kind of just focus on the uh, the Newt in New York. Uh, he meets characters, and he goes on kind of an adventure. They leave out anything related to Grindelwald, or anything revolving around like credence um they only show you a little bit of colin farrell i think for the most part that stuff was like kept out of the advertising and that stuff is the stuff that feels the most harry potter like so really when i was like when it was coming up to it i didn't really know what to like uh like expect is is how i'd put it like i it, it just looked like an adventure film and I didn't know how it tied into Harry Potter, but they brought up Dumbledore in the trailer. So I was thinking, okay, this has to have something to do with Harry Potter, you know? So yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your feeling, I think probably mirrors a lot of people uh, was the fact that they announced this film based on a book, which is not really a book. It is, as I say, it's like a guide and it's more just like a, it's, it's referred to in the, uh, in the main books. And then they released it as an actual book, but it's just kind of to do with these magical creatures. Um, and it was like, okay, but there's no narrative here, like, and there's no real central character. Um, and then they, yeah, you're right, the marketing position, this new character of Newt, which was obviously it was like, okay, so this is going to be the Harry of this set of films. Um, but then when you started to sort of look at it, it was like, oh, oh, but it's in New York and he's running around everywhere. And yes, there's there's magic and stuff and a vague reference to that he was kicked out of Hogwarts and things. So it felt like, was it just going to be, oh, it's just they've, they're tying it very loosely to the Harry Potter world. And I think, you know, again, get into this, but as the films have progressed, I think what they've realized is, or or maybe they planned it, that they need more direct links to the Harry Potter world. They need to bring in more of that substance to actually make it feel more grounded and more more um, rich, as opposed to what felt more kind of like um, your average sort of adventure film, uh, fantasy film. Um, it, it kind of reminded me a little bit more of sort of Percy Jackson and that sort of thing, where it was like a little bit lighter, a little bit more like, yeah, the funny creatures and, and, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, um, even the team yeah. kind of, uh, even the team aspect of like two guys and a girl. I mean, I mean, obviously there's 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 a, a queenie, but it's kind of, it's, I can sort of see what you mean in that kind of, like it was, it, it, I mean, since it, it is technically like book to film, it does kind of have that similar like 
feel to it, doesn't it? You know, the, mm. the, the feeling of like story told over multiple films, young protagonists, uh, even I, it's probably the first time that something like that had been, well, no, 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 actually no. Cause obviously there was the Hobbit films and that was like a prequel series based on books and stuff like that. So, so I wasn't really new, but I, I, I see what you mean. In terms and of, actually, you know, yeah, I think you're right, like bringing up the Hobbit films, because that is a very similar kind of situation where you get these mild references to what happens later on, but it's trying to be very much its own own thing. Um, even though so many things kind of parallel the Harry Potter story here, um, you get, you know, the once you know who the baddie is and what they're trying to do, it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> like, it's still, it's just like an older version of um, He Who Should Not Be Named. Mm-hmm. But it's, um, I think the first film, to kind of give it a, a sort of generalized review, I really liked it. When it first came out, I must say, I found it a really nice, refreshing take. It was different to Potter, but it was still akin to the sort of stories that we were um, used to. I like the visuals. I like this idea of it being kind of like a spectacle using the the beasts as this sort of central um, element. But then it's one of those films that as you rewatch it, it's not like Potter. With Potter, you rewatch Potter and you, get, you actually maybe get more out of it or you just love being part of that. With this film, it doesn't return much more. Each time you watch it, it kind of just sort of fades slightly more and it, it just becomes kind of... Sort of mildly appealing um i find anyway i mean how do you feel about the first film yeah so i, I would say that's how i'd sum it up because the thing is is that when i first saw it um for, for the most part i liked it in fact i remember like thinking to myself like you know for a prequel this is actually fairly decent because um for the most part even with what i was saying about like how the marketing kept out stuff even the stuff that is more harry potter-esque is more like kind of spiritually Harry Potter-esque. Like, uh, you know, I do, like, even going back to it, I do, for the most part, appreciate um, the fact that, for the most part, it is a fully contained story. And you know that they're setting up other films, but for the most part, it tries to, like, be a complete film, you know. And I'm sure that at the time they were thinking, oh, this is going to be the prologue. But I think it, like, 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 just sort of when you look at it broadly... You know, it is like you could even just take it completely on its own and just think, oh, this is a fun, like, kind of side story in the Harry Potter Harry Potter universe, you know, set way before anything else. Uh, even with the whole uh, Grindelwald inclusion, it's like, you know, it, it, it still it could work on its own. Um, but like, but when you analyze it as a film, it's unfortunately, I think it's um, like... It does have a lot of good in it. Uh, there, there is a lot of good stuff about it, but I do think that it's unfortunately one of those cases where the pieces are better than the whole. Because I think the whole, I think the film overall is kind of actually quite sloppily constructed. Um, I think narratively, it's it's kind of a bit all over the place. It just has a hard mm. time juggling um, two like two different tones, these different storylines, and it's one where like. There is a lot of good in it, but you do think to yourself, you know, th- this would, it's the kind of film that feels like second drafty. Like, it's not like a first draft. It's not like that rough, but it's kind of like a second draft. Like, if you think that a film has to go through, like, I don't know, like three, di- three different drafts to become like perfect, this is like draft two. This is kind of in the middle where it, it just kind of needs that final step to become fully cohesive, but it doesn't, doesn't quite get there. Um, and I think that is partially because 
in some ways it's two films it's the story of newt giving this creature back uh it meeting people along the way accidentally losing this these like creatures he has to go back and get uh and you have the people that he encounters and then that kind of connects that kind of sort of connects to the other story which is about this obscurus that's going around destroying things in new york and people wondering what to do with it and the whole mystery as to who it is and credence and stuff like that it's kind of it's two films and you know rewatching it, i just didn't think that they i just didn't think that they really meshed together i felt that it was a bit jarring going from the really dark stuff with the Obscurus and the fairly light, almost like 90s family comedy-esque stuff mm. with uh, Newt. That's kind of how I felt about the film, rewatching it. And that's not really a flaw that I felt the other Harry, po- Harry Potter films have. I haven't seen them in a long time, but from what I can remember, I think that they navigate a tone fairly well. Yeah, I, I think one of the, for me, I think you're 100% right about the, uh, it's, it's messy. There's so much to it. I think that perhaps it's Rowling's first screenplay. Maybe that's the, one of the issues here, but it doesn't, it's not cohesive. It, the, the narrative is so um, jarring is the right word. You use jarring, I'm going to use it again. It is jarring. You're watching this film and it just doesn't sort of feel connected. And I think one of the big missteps from it, and it was like such an easy win, was why didn't they have it start at Hogwarts? I just think mm. the fact that they launched it straight into New York and you know without giving us that foundation of like this is the Potter world that it and when I was at that um event they mentioned about the fact that it was going to be this is going to be like a globe trotting franchise we're going to go to New York they said we're going to go to France they said and there there's other places they're planning on going and it that made me feel that these films are going to be basically fan service to all those people who aren't in the UK where we kind of have Potter just here mm-hmm. is like, Oh no, no, this is for the fans here. And this is for the fans there. And it's like, no, but your story shouldn't be like that. It should, it should mean something. There should be a reason for you being there. And I think that the way that we just kind of get chucked into this New York environment with this sprawling chaotic adventure with Newt and his, and his beasts that have escaped. Okay. That would have worked. Uh, but then you get this other thing that's too much um, to anyone. So, so no one's got any idea of what's going on with this. And it feels like they don't really know what to do with it either. That you get to the... Someone said in, in their review, it was like, really, you don't... It's like a preamble, this whole film. This whole film is just a preamble to, to just say, oh, this is who Newt is, by the way. And it's like, oh, okay, great, thanks. Um, other than that, it's sort of... Uh, you, I suppose you get... Uh, Grindelwald sort of right near the end and you, you get Credence who is obviously a, an important player but it was a very long-winded way of doing it and um, yeah it just felt it felt slightly unnecessary when you look at it now that we've got um, obviously a second film to kind of judge how we all feel at this point in terms of the narrative plus a third one coming out it is a. It doesn't stand up that well. The first film, as not as well as when it first came out, and like you said, it felt like a self-contained thing that could have worked um, if you sort of ignored some of the the darker aspects. I guess. Yeah. Well. well okay. So, uh, what? So, what I would say first of all is, um, so I didn't necessarily have a problem with the fact that like it's, it didn't start out in Hogwarts or anything like that. I do see what you mean that that could have provided a bit more of a kind of a spiritual transitional element. Um, 
and you know i do kind of i do agree with the problem is with the problem with the first act of the film because it does just sort of throw you into the story it throws you in like i I mean you get a sense of who newt is um just briefly just based on seeing how he's interacting with people like seeing how he's like like you know immediately like he's awkward and he loves animals and he knows magic and stuff like that and that's all good uh but it but i do but yeah yeah the, the first like 30 minutes of the film i do think are very very sloppy are aren't very well handled because it does just sort of throw you into the story and it is like okay do this do this do this establish this establish this do this do this do this um at the same time though uh i do think as the film like goes on you know i do think it it does like tonally there's still the issue but i do think it becomes more understandable and more coherent and i think it's it's more like once the film gives us more time with the characters then i think it improves uh, and i do think that upon one aspect that does actually improve upon a, a rewatch is that i do think that colin farrell's um seemingly like you think he's a guy called graves but in reality he's grindelwald i, I do think that's better on a second viewing knowing that he's grindelwald because you get an idea of who this guy is uh and i actually do weirdly think that especially like in this one film that he makes a better impression here than voldemort did across most of the harry potter films um because in this one film you actually kind of get a a real good sense of who grindelwald is you know you get a sense through his like disguised form that he's a very manipulative uh very like you know like like he's actually a little bit multifaceted like he's clearly evil but he also believes that he's like helping people and you know, uh, doing the right thing and stuff like that. And in some ways that's brought to life by Colin Farrell, who, you know, everybody said this, but he does a really good job in the film, I think. He does, like, he he, he gives this, like, very, like, mesmerizing, very intense performance. And I think he actually, he sells the character quite well, even though you don't think he's playing the character. And I think that, like, what the film does with him, for the most part, actually kind of works. Uh, and but but in 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 some ways it is something out of a darker film so maybe they could have saved that stuff for the sequel but that that stuff does contribute to it at least being somewhat important because it at least tells you who the villain is you know mm. i hadn't really thought of that actually yeah like the the, the rewatching with that in mind cuz mm-hmm. yeah obviously is is quite important um and as you like Colin Farrell in there actually i think he's He's really good. Um, actually, I'm gonna maybe we'll bring up the the casting a bit later once we've talked about the second film. It'd be good to yeah hear your thoughts on on the casting and stuff. So let's jump to 2018. Um, oh wait wait wait! I I, I kind of I I think we have more to say about the first film. Uh, I don't, but go go ahead. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, all right. Well, so so first of all, so I do think um again I do think the cast of characters that they do introduce do have a really good setup. You know, I love um. I do like the fact that uh, Newt, the character, the, the the one in this film, uh, is very very different to like Harry Potter. Um, it is it is kind of interesting watching uh, this guy who doesn't really want to be a part of any kind of a conflict, and just basically loves animals and is quite a pacifist. You know, it does make for an interesting conflict when you bring in the Credence character, and you know, at the end of it, like he tries to like save Credence, and there is in some ways a parallel between his love for the animals and this out of control obscural uh magical uh, like basically creature that's inhabiting a human body the human body of this abused child um 
like I think that stuff is good. I think that um uh the characters of like Queenie and Jacob are really lovely and charming. Um, you know, in particular, like the character of Jacob could have been really, really annoying in the wrong hands. Like you can imagine a version of this film where he was like he would just be nails on a chalkboard terrible but in this one he's a really charming he's a really lovable character and he's one that uh would have actually made for like a good main character i think because upon re-watching the film it's a bit weird to notice that it doesn't really feel like there's like a pov character in the same way that there was a pov character in the harry potter series and i think well, he yeah. easily could have been one uh or newt could have taken that role but you know there, but there's not really a character like that but you know, but 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 still, he works really well. Uh, Queenie works really, really well. She's really lovely as a character. Um, uh, Tina does as well. I do think that the film does have it. it it's not like soulless or anything. It does have heart, and I think that the heart when the heart comes out, that's when it feels the most like Harry Potter. Like when the music swells and the bit where they're going into the briefcase or uh, some other stuff, like towards the end when they're raising Jacob's memories, like that stuff. I think felt the most harry potter like because it had a lot of heart yeah it's an interesting dynamic with these these characters because it's not like before where you had the schoolmates who it, it made mm-hmm. sense that they would group together with this they have kind of they're, they're brought in you know sort of in a variety of sort of haphazard ways in terms of like the switching of the suitcases and mm-hmm. and the auras and stuff i think the the chemistry of that's such a different um, things for people to watch that it was a refreshing change from obviously the Harry Potter setup um, and yeah I really like Jacob I think he, you know, he has some great comedic moments um, Queenie yeah a bit different in the second film but in the first film yeah she's, oh, she's, she's great um, mm-hmm. I really I mean I said maybe we'll talk about the performances later but I just want to give a quick shout out to Catherine Waterston because I think she's yeah terrific in that role i think she works really well as this sort of almost hermione-esque character like where she's quite serious quite uptight um Mm -hmm. and she has like this sort of uh passion for what she does and and things i think that 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 comes across brilliantly i really like her dynamic there um Mm -hmm. so yeah no it's, it's a great um great setup there um and with newt's kind of uh character it, I mean, at times I find it a little bit tiring, if I'm honest. Like the, this whole kind mm-hmm. of sort of awkward, doesn't look at the camera or, or doesn't look at who he's talking to, very sort of quietly spoken character. You sort of think, all right, we need you to be more than this if you're going to carry all these films. Um, but yeah, how do you feel about that? Oh, well, in the first one, yeah, he was especially like that. Uh, in the second one, that was kind of toned down a little bit. Um, but I mean, I mean, in the first one, I thought it was, um, I mean, it's not the first time that we had like, a socially awkward nice guy in a film uh or any or even in like a franchise or anything like that but um but it is but it was interesting just how far they took it i mean a lot of that i think was just eddie redmayne just kind of playing a role that he could play very easily but you know he was convincingly awkward and um yeah i i, I agree i think that, well what's more kind of the issue is that since like since he is a nice guy uh, he's not really a proactive like action lead or really a proactive guy who drives the story for- forward um you know and they kind of make an attempt to address that in the sequel as well um you know so i'm guessing that's like a multi-film arc that they're going for or something like that like maybe in movie four or five or whatever he'll become a you know a total a, a complete like t- like heroic tough guy or whatever like that but you know but i saw i like you know i didn't really have a problem with what they were doing personally i just you know it just yeah it, it's it's just like 
yeah, it, it, it was kind of just interesting to see a movie just go for that, you know, totally embrace it because Harry Potter was more of a, the everyman, wasn't he? Mm. Yeah. Um, and I think that you're right. The, the arc could be what they're going for here because Harry had an arc as well. Like he mm-hmm. became the, the leader. So yeah, maybe that's what they're doing. Um, any other points on this one, Robert? Uh, no, really. I mean, I, well, I could say some additional things, but you know, I can, yeah, I'll just, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Like, I think the first one's flawed, but it's still, it, it's not like the worst setup for a film series or anything. And in fact, it, like a sequel could improve upon some of the flaws with this film. And, you know, so, so let's go into that. Okay. So yeah, a couple of years later, we get the crimes of Grindelwald and we've got, Obviously, we we didn't mention um, that David Yates is is directing both of these, um, and uh, like David Heyman is involved, Jackie Brown is involved. So it's the same kind of uh, behind the scenes team that did the the last few Harry Potter films. Um, so yeah, we get him back again, um, but this time. So at the end of the first film, you, you it's revealed that the, the Graves character is actually Grindelwald, and it's Johnny Depp as that character. Um, so the second film deals largely with him and his kind of followers and his rise to, well, his, his seemingly wanting to rise to power. And also they're, they're trying to find, um, uh, credence in France, I believe. Um, Dumbledore is in this one, um, played by Jude Law, who then sets Newt Scamander on a quest to go and, and hunt credence down that's pretty much the setup um there's lots of other things that happen along the way i think it's a it's a well, it's definitely a darker film uh literally and kind of thematically it's uh lots of fog lots of sort of uh, streets and it feels a bit more kind of grimy almost like it was sort of because we're following grindelwald and his um even like the opening scenes of him escaping from the prison, they're quite well. They are very dark. They're very, uh, very um, Voldemort esque. Uh, the way that he he deals with that, but he is he's pretty terrifying actually. I think that that character does come across really, um, really well for the majority of this film, which obviously has to toe the line from being a big family franchise, but having a character that is meant to be pure evil, like is you. Know, really really dark so it is often quite difficult to get that but i think they do that pretty well um the film didn't get great reviews how did you feel about it robert oh uh i i i hated it um i (laughs) I didn't like i mean upon rewatching it i didn't i didn't just i didn't dislike it quite as much because this time i knew what was going to happen and there are some good things to say but overall i think it's i i think it's just like like it only like really improves upon like maybe like a couple of flaws with like the first film and overall it's just so much worse Uh, i just think it's so like it's such a um it's i think i think the main problem well i wouldn't say that i I don't even know if i call this the main problem well no 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 i will will say this is the main problem The, the main problem is the script uh i just think that it's just like such a poorly written film i just think it's um it, it, it just it has no real focus it, it is really dark and it's kind of and it feels really sudden and jarring and it may it makes any moments with the beasts feel more out of place or like filler and it, overall it feels really dark it feels really unpleasant and nasty 
um almost it almost feels like we're jumping from like i don't know um one of the early harry potter films to one of the later harry potter films because it almost feels like he's trying to do deathly yellows part part one again uh but this film is so like like you know i mean i i know some people obviously thought that like deathly yellows part one was boring uh this one i thought was like so much more boring um you know that was still the same case on a rewatch i just found it so like i i found it like so uninteresting and it only really picked up at the end in that climax and that climax um to its credit is fairly effective and fairly well done like on an effects level it is very dramatic i do think it's um probably it it, it, it like because the thing is is it's paying off the very very in my mind really uninteresting and cluttered setup that came before it so it kind of is effective inherently but i think i do think the in that one scene like it was it was kind of well directed there was some interesting stuff going on there uh but as a whole as a whole i just found it like it, it like for me personally i mean and, and and there's more that i can say about it but fundamentally i just found it to be it was a big disappointment for me and i found it to be very very um uh just i i, I overall it just kind of felt it kind of just threw off this series and i i know i think i know where the next one is going but like if you'd asked me that question when I'd first seen this film, I'd probably be lost because I wouldn't really know. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. You know. Yeah, I, it's funny you said about the rewatch, because I definitely much preferred this film on a rewatch than I did the first time I saw it. First time I saw it, I just... I remember finishing it and going, that was awful. I just was like, mm-hmm. I might, this might be it now. This was like, I don't think they'll make another film. Or if they do, I just won't care. Um, and a rewatch really helped me to kind of get over maybe the expectation of it, like in terms of what they were going to do with this. And then just kind of passively enjoy it in the sense of, okay, they're trying to create something bigger here that maybe this will fall into place maybe it will make more sense and I think when I did that I just enjoyed it a bit more um, for what it was 
I liked certain sequences. I think there's some really good visual aspects to this film. Mm. I kind of enjoyed that it went a bit darker. Um, I, like mm. I said, I think Fantastic mm. Beast is too light. When you rewatch it, it kind of feels a bit okay. Like it's very mild and very calm, and, and it's, it doesn't really do too much. Whereas this, yes, all right, it is a mess, and it isn't the greatest narrative. But I did, I found it at least a bit more intriguing in the sense that it was being very dark uh, throughout but yeah it's certainly not without its problems um, yeah i mean well so i don't disagree that it's ambitious because because i agree in some in some ways it's too ambitious but you know like it, like yeah yeah the, the, there is that aspect to it and i do um i do think that it does have quite a few good ideas that definitely could have made for a great film uh, i do think even one aspect that i did slightly like I didn't like it, but I liked it more when I saw it this time. Was the stuff that they do with Queenie? I did I, at first. I just hated it because I didn't want them to do that in the first place. And when they did it, I really, really disliked it. But upon this viewing, I did think to myself, okay, like th- this isn't necessarily like an unfounded journey because basically what it is is like she falls in love with Jacob, but Jacob's a human, and humans and uh, magic users can't be in relationships or anything, and. And that's like an okay potential setup to maybe her going bad. But unfortunately in the film, it feels like it it just feels very, very jarring um, because it just sort of, it doesn't really feel particularly justified. And I think part of the problem is that there's a lot of other stuff going on. And I think that this kind of needed to be like, you know, second or third main thing. And it just feels like yet another piece of the puzzle uh, you know, I think that what they do with her in the beginning is really like awkward and off-putting and it kind of, it feels like too big of a jump for the character from the first film to do, to basically put Jacob in this like love spell to like brainwash him and stuff like that. And I was thinking like, you know, I feel like you should do this like maybe halfway through the story or even at the end or something like that, because that feels like a really big moral like leap, you know, to mm. like, like to take or to downgrade or whatever. But you know, but there, so there's that stuff going on, and there's also uh, I just think that the film, and this might be uh, more the issue with the theatrical cut because I know that there's an extended cut of this film that's like seven or eight minutes longer. Um, the and and this this problem might be fixed, but also I just don't think it's particularly well edited either. No, and I think that's a problem with both films. Um, yeah, more so with this one, I think. Great. Yeah, I, I think they both are uh, flitting around a lot, and I'm wondering if that is kind of like a issue with the script that it's, they're editing it because it's not as fleshed as the books that the the scenes aren't kind of coming together as well. Um, yeah, I definitely found that a bit of an issue. One one of the things that I did want to sort of touch on this film was I did like that it had a little bit more substantial links to the Potter world. So, I mean, in, in some ways it's a bit, it does feel a bit kind of cash grabby, but it also is, it's nice. So for example, you get like Nagini, uh, who's the snake, um, but you see her as a character and it's like, oh, and they're mentioning like character family names that are quite, quite um, you know, linked to all the families. I think like Zoe Kravitz plays one of the characters. Um, Nicholas Flamel turns mm-hmm. up um so it just felt like they were a bit more okay hold on like this has got it's rooted more in the harry potter world now but in a way that felt interesting because in the 
in the films and in the books, you are kind of sort of given, okay, there's Nagini, it's uh, Voldemort Snake, and he's a Horcrux, and or she's a Horcrux, I should say now. Um, great, is it? But it's just you don't know anything about them other than that. Whereas now you kind of go, okay, wait, wait a minute, there's a timeline here. <laughs> there's, there's they're they're fleshing this out more, and I think that fans of the series and everything like that are going to really enjoy those things and i think that they may be cottoning on to that they need to bring more of that in or like i said before it might be that that was their plan all along that they wanted to wait before they unleashed more of the harry potter connection so that it could kind of almost stand up on its own i'm not sure yeah well i I don't aside from dumbledore i didn't really like any of that um because you know like because okay dumbledore like yeah he does kind of need to be in the story because as part of this prequel narrative, it has to end in like the two, like him and Grindelwald dueling, and then Grindelwald getting like locked up because that's basically the backstory in the Harry Potter universe. That's what happens. So I understand them bringing in Dumbledore, uh, but my problem is is that in uh, in that film, at least in that film, in the Crimes of Grindelwald, like we didn't need Nagini in that story. We didn't need Nicholas Flamel. Uh, we didn't need. Um, professor mcgonagall as well who shows up um like all of that stuff in the film it felt like stuff that was just kind of inserted there as icing on the cake but the problem is is that like you know they they don't do anything in the movie so you can't it can't help but just feel desperate uh you know i mean like i don't know if they're gonna learn from this in future or if they're gonna go even further like i i do really i do like i'm gonna put this out there i do really hope that in movies i mean obviously we have the third one coming out but they're also planning four and five i do really hope that in four and five they don't like become so desperate as to like get an actor from the harry potter film series and then bring them in and and what i mean by that is a bit like a big a big player i mean like literally to like i don't know have like daniel radcliffe cameo is like a grown-up harry potter or i don't know like one of the free leads or even any of like the supporting characters i really really do hope that they don't bring them in um because yeah because because if they did it in the same way that it would be in this film it would just be feel very very desperate because it does sort of feel i don't know and the other problem as well is like like the look at the nicholas flamel character uh wasn't actually seen in the philosopher's stone or anything which is where he was referenced so i feel like and even then, he wasn't. A, he, uh, I like. Was he? I did he play into the story in that film bit like hugely? Well, yeah. So his yeah, he's the one who's holding the philosopher's stone, and he's yeah, you see it in this film, don't you? He's he's got it in a cupboard, <laughs> which felt very kind of like yeah. oh yeah, you need this visual reminder of how he who's that again? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was a yeah. bit odd, but I I liked it, and then you know, obviously I'm a fan of the books, so mm-hmm. for me it was is that kind of thing. You know, you're gonna sort of nudge and whisper to your partner mm-hmm. oh yeah that's from that bit and i think that i love that i like and what i think is perhaps important is that that's where the richness is of the narrative that they can link to it obviously i think you're right i think it shouldn't be a case of just shoehorning these things in because mm-hmm. and it, there is an element of that but like for like lita lestrange who's very kravitz plays like the mm-hmm. lestrange family is really a big part of the whole side of that you know, the dark side of magic and things so and also let's be honest like yes there's there's more films here but there's no 
saying this is the end of that. You know, it could be there is going to be more spin-offs. There is going to be even more franchises coming mm-hmm. coming our yeah. way. That maybe yeah. there's there's those plans as well. But I think yeah. the mm-hmm. for me it was just nice because I thought that. It, it grounded the film more in the world and go, okay, yeah, this is like actually the magic world that we know as opposed to the first film where it was very much like, okay, yeah, they mention it, but actually it's just basically New York. It felt like a, a period piece on New York where <laughs> magic is unleashed. Um, so Yeah, well, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Because for me personally, I think it would be okay if they had more of a purpose in the story, like uh, if they were they're more involved in the story. Like even Dumbledore's not hugely involved, but I at least forget why he's there. But with the other ones, I'm just like, why? You know, like, why? Like, I don't know, like, like with the whole, like, aspect of Nagini actually being a human, I'm just like, okay. <laughs> like I, I i don't know it just it, it just it just add, it just adds nothing for me you know it adds i can um, imagine there being a nagini film though can't you it'd be like oh nagini mm. like, we're gonna find out about her and her whole world like, i mm. could easily see that happening and how she came to sort of meet uh voldemort and stuff I, i'm um, sure they'll cover that in these films maybe that's the other thing i think yeah we probably will get some element of that mm. um okay yeah i mean um grindelwald crimes of grindelwald um yeah, it didn't do well. It is it's by no means a great film. Um, like I said, I enjoyed it more on a second watch, and I, I'm optimistic that maybe it's going to fall into place better than maybe it's been received. But it, it, there's no getting away from the fact that there is um, fundamental issues with it. The character, obviously played by Johnny Depp, um, for those who don't know, is is changing. Um Obviously, all things we're not going to get into any of that, <laughs> um, but is changing to um, one of my favorite actors, uh, Mads Mikkelsen. But before we get on to the, you know, just a little bit of chat about the new film, uh, anything else on the crimes of Grindelwald? Oh, um, again, I could, I could probably say a lot more, but, but I guess just to summarize, you know, I just I, 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 I just found it to be really, really boring. I just didn't think it was, um, <laughs> uh, I just didn't think. Like yeah, it was it was related to Harry Potter, but it just didn't give me the same feeling. It just gave me this feeling of being like just okay, I'm sludging for all this like you know this kind of this really like all over the place story. I don't really know where this is going. Uh, I'm just not that interested. Uh, I just and I just don't I just don't think it's a particularly good sequel to that first film. You know, maybe the Secrets of Dumbledore will be a better sequel to this film than this film was to the first film. Uh, I think that you know, maybe, like, maybe it'll, like, like maybe it'll continue it better, because this film also just establishes so much new stuff, and that's just not something I'm a fan of in a sequel, you know, especially if they're thinking about several other films. Mm. I'm just not really a fan of just throwing in a lot of, like, new stories and new characters and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, I just found the film uh, to be very, very, I just found it very underwhelming, ultimately. Um, um, and... I think it could have just been, in some ways it could have benefited from a rewrite, rewrite as well, but I do think it's starting to fall into that prequel problem where you're starting to just throw in so much backstory and, you know, in some ways it was funny looking at the first film and thinking that a lot of the events in the Harry Potter universe start all because, uh, you know, of that accident that happens like at the beginning and like the briefcase switching and all that stuff and like and, and stuff like that, all the stuff that happened in that first third it's funny to think that that will then have influence on all of the later Harry Potter films. But in this one, it's like, wow, this backstory is just so like big and vast. And, you know, it starts to like, it's a question that you always ask with like prequels. It's like, do you need to know any of this? And, you know, sometimes even if you don't, it still makes for a fine story. And, 
you know, maybe the next three films will be better at this and will like fully justify it. But, you know, and I'm also of the opinion as well. I think that this probably could have just been a trilogy of films as well. Um, I don't know if it needed to specifically be five. And I think it probably, I think the story would work a bit better if it was just told over three films instead of five. I mean, what, what, what do you think of the five film idea? It's difficult, isn't it? Because no one actually knows where this is going. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we don't know what the full story is, but I certainly feel that there's an element of they wanted to spread out slightly with this. They didn't want mm-hmm. to limit the space because, yeah, there, there's obviously there's a market for it. There's an appetite for it. People are going to watch these films. Um, but when they were talking about the globe trotting element, I was like, oh, OK, is that the reason for the five films and that you just need to hit all these different places in a significant way? Um, but yeah, I mean, it brings me on the sort of point that I was going to sort of raise was just about how these films compare to how the Harry Potter films. Obviously, it's difficult because you've only got two of these. Um, and <coughs> sorry, Harry Potter's obviously was unique at the time because it was, you know, they were coming out as the books were coming out and there was a huge amount of sort of interest around them. Um, but how do you feel they, they compare at this point? Oh, well, uh, oh, uh, quality wise, I do think that they're inferior, but, 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 but that being said, uh, there are certain things like certain like parts of them where I do sort of see the attempt to maybe, improve upon or kind of uh or do something different with the series um you know and which is hard to do with like eight films because you can cover a lot in eight films but those eight films are fairly consistent um so i can see the attempt at doing certain things like i can see the attempt uh widening the world i can see the attempt uh, um you know focusing on like you know having a human as one of the main characters i can see the attempt at trying to give us a different experience and give us different characters and all that stuff um, and even like a different villain as well. Again, there is a part of me that does prefer uh, Grindelwald to Voldemort. Um, even though, I mean, I'll admit, like one thing I forgot to mention in uh, Crimes of Grindelwald, uh, I think he only really gets good in that last sequence. Uh, up until then, he's kind of, he's actually, he, he, I, I just didn't find him that interesting to watch personally in that second film but in the climax when he's giving that speech, I did think that that was like fairly well done and fairly well written. But um you know, if you like, if you look at a lot of things, you know, like having a muggle was one of the leads, as I said, uh, you know, um, oh, what is it like, get like, just like the attempt to be different. I do respect that. And I think in some ways that justifies the series existing. So therefore you can do different things with the universe. Um, and I think on that level, uh, there is at least some curiosity to watching them just to kind of see the world be expanded in a sense. Yeah, absolutely. I think I feel very similar. I think that it's at least they're trying something different. They didn't just go along with, oh, it's it's Hogwarts, but 50 years ago. Yeah, the same same thing. They could have easily done that. You know, people would have watched it. But yeah, they are trying something new. They're, they're trying to create something that, is almost its own thing, but still very much linked to that original world. So, yeah, it's not working 100%. The films are flawed in in a kind of, in fundamental ways. Like, it's not just, oh, okay, it's not as good as Harry Potter. It's like, no, no, they've got, like, bad editing at times, and they've got a weird uh, mixture of characters that don't always seem to come together. 
um, in, in, in any kind of meaningful way. There's a lot of threads being put out there as well, as you said, you know, they're, they're, they're throwing a lot out us. So yeah, I think obviously that's touching on um, the sort of successes and failures of, um, of the films. Um, regarding the casting then, obviously we've already kind of touched upon a few of our favorite players in the films. Um, I mean, is there anyone else that you wanted to, to mention in terms of their performances? Uh, let's see. Um, uh, as much as like the writing doesn't really work in the second film, I do think that like uh, in both movies, uh, Alison Sudol, who plays uh, Queenie, is really, really good. Um, I haven't really seen her in anything else aside from this th- these movies, and that's unfortunate because she does a really, really good performance in both of them. I think she's really... I think even with the material, she still finds a way to act it very well. Um, I think that, um, oh, who else? Like, well, 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 what other people do I like? Um, uh, I, I, I don't really see like Michael Gambon in uh, Jude Laura's Dumbledore, but I, I still think he's fairly charming in the role. Uh, and I do think, uh, yeah, into uh, what else? Yeah, yeah, and and I am. Of the opinion that I think the series would be a little bit better if they had kept Colin Farrell in the Grindelwald role, uh, particularly because you know I think on first viewing I was really really I didn't expect Depp to be there at the end, so when he did show up I was kind of quite surprised. I didn't really have time to react, but him in that in that ending bit, like his hair is a little bit silly looking, and you know he doesn't really he doesn't leave as much of an impression as Colin Farrell did in the rest of the film, and then in the second film. I mean, he's fine, uh, but again, I don't think he really gets really, really good up until the ending. I think at the end, he does a really good job in that like big sequence, and you know, it, it, and I mean, in some ways, I guess it's a shame that he's not going to rep- reprise his role again. But I think you know, I do think that Mads Mikkelsen is um, uh, a good like replacement, and I do think that Mads um, kind of. I think when you give like Mads Mikkelsen a really a good villain role, then he really really shines. But if you give him kind of a generic villain role or generic role, then I think he kind of I I I don't think he's that great with like really generic roles. But with really good roles, he is really really good. So you know, so I'm totally fine with like seeing him. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. It is, yeah, it is really yeah. It's interesting because you know I've, I, I've seen a bit of a mixed response online, but I think for the most part, people are at least curious about seeing how he'll do. Yeah, I mean, when I saw him in the trailers and in a few of the sort of scenes that have been released, I actually I kind of pined for the having him as the you know, he could what he could have done in the previous film, but I actually don't think that role was that meaty um, up until now. Like, I don't think he's it's a bit as you say that last scene's great where he's chatting, but um, but what I actually think that Johnny Depp was not the best. Thing, but best uh, person to have cast in the role in terms of it being another franchise because he's such a big presence, Johnny Depp. And it, I think Mads would have been a better choice. I think that you know he's a little bit more understated and refined. Um, don't get me wrong, I think Depp does, does do a good job. But I think Mads Mikkelsen would have had this sort of nuanced approach to it that would have been really fascinating to see how he would have brought the character from a beginning to life, but yeah, you know, I guess we'll get a nice chunk of that in the new film to look forward to. I only watched um, another round recently with him in, which I thought was yeah, brilliant. he's great in that film. It's, it's so good, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, I've seen him in loads of things where he's just always for me. I've always found him um, compelling. Always like watching him, and um, 
I mean, the new. I, I also think it'd be great to see more of Ezra Miller. Like, I really liked him in Perks of Being a Wallflower, and I think it's been a few mm-hmm. other good films that mm-hmm. he does feel very underserved so far in this. Obviously, I'm, I'm assuming he's got a bigger part to play because he's got so much importance in terms of his character. But it would be great to see him actually tested a little bit. Yeah, in, in the first one, I think he does quite well, um, you know, as the abused kid. Uh, but, you know, but in the second one, he doesn't really get that many opportunities to, like, act. He's kind of just, he's kind of just thrust on this, like, plot path, you know, with this, like, kind of reveal that lands with, like, a bit of a thud. Um, but, you know, maybe in this one, that reveal will then lead to more, like, more, like, proper dramatic scenes with him, you know, and, and maybe that will be a good chance or something like that. You know, I know, I, I don't think there are a lot of, like, I don't think there are a lot of new cast members that are being added, like only like one or two. Um, I know that like Richard Coyle was in it as like a member of um, Dumbledore's family. But other than that, I think for the most part, it's the same people. Uh, so maybe like cast wise, they'll get, have a bit, a little bit more focus. Um, mm, and it does look, too. yeah, it does look like Jacob has more to do in this one. It looks like he's like using a wand for the first time. Uh, it does like, it does look like, as the title suggests, it will be about centered around Dumbledore and his past, you know. So, and who knows? Like, it could be a lot of backstory dumping, or maybe it'll be done well. Um, the one thing that does make me kind of happy, and you know, uh, I don't think that David Yates should have come back to the series personally because I do think it needs a bit of new blood. Because um, when because you, when you're directing like the same franchise for over a decade. It it, it 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 can become really tiring you know for, for you as a filmmaker you know so i think just on that basis alone it's good to get a different director but one good thing that they had that they did was they brought back uh steve cloves who wrote all of the harry potter films so i think what he might be doing is he might be taking whatever story jk rowling has come up with and rewriting it or mm. just trying to like or, or, or just maybe giving it the fine tune to make it, um, I guess, more on the same level as the original, like Harry Potter films. Maybe that 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 could be what he's doing. Hopefully, yeah. I hadn't um, actually clocked that until just now. So yeah, <laughs> thanks for bringing that to my attention because um, yeah, I think that could really, really help. And I definitely think there's that goes back to what we're saying about the sort of fundamental flaws of the first two films. That yeah, it could be that experience and and that you. Know, that consistency is what's needed. I must say, I, you know, I think I do. I got excited at uh, the second film as well. But when I saw the trailer for Secrets of Dumbledore, I did. Yeah, you know, I was. Kind of, I, I want to see this. Like, I really want to watch it. Like, as much as there's so many aspects that I would improve or would want to change, I am still intrigued by what's going to happen i want to know this you know, i want to be part of this world and i think you know that's indicative of so many audience members across the world that are just a bit addicted i guess to this to this world it almost feels like they can't do that much wrong um it's it's gonna be you know, people are gonna want to see it to the conclusion yeah um, is that how I, you feel or not well i mean i mean i mean uh, like I'll, I'll stick around just to see how it concludes um but for me personally, I think, like, I'm I'm, I'm not going to say that these movies are unnecessary, but I do think that, um, you know, uh, Harry Potter was a great film series with a great run, and even the books, it's like, you know, you had a total run. Um, I don't think so much should be added to it. I think that they should 
for the most part just stand on their own uh you know and obviously we're gonna get some sort of uh continuation or a prequel series sooner or later and you know i do think that this series like you know once it's over i think they should maybe put harry potter to rest cinematically you know like you know i mean you you could like do a tv series kind of like what they're doing with like lord of the rings but i do personally think that film wise that 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 should be it uh i do think that like the series should be kind of left alone and you know uh, like because again there's only so much that you can do really otherwise it will just become exhaustive you know I, d- I certainly don't think the um, the feeling here is anywhere near as palpable as it was with Harry Potter. So I don't think they will get more out of this. I can see them, you know, green lighting stuff, but I just, I think that, well, unless the next three films are knockouts, I can see this you know, being very much how you described it there, is that they'll, they'll, they'll leave it. Because obviously a lot of the, there's been a lot of turmoil around the the series anyway with J.K. Rowling, with Johnny Depp, with lots of other things, um, with the original cast members. You know, there's just there's so much kind of going on there. A lot of the, the fans would have grown up as well now, you know, like you know, going from, I remember reading this in my mum and dad's car on the way to visit family when I was a you know, young teenager. So now I'm you know, married with two kids and a mortgage. Mm-hmm. It, it's, there's a, so much time has passed that maybe it is mm-hmm. kind of time. Obviously, there is always the, the vague possibility that they will remake the original films because nothing is sacred. But I'd be very surprised um, if that does happen because I think the, the scale and, and it, the fact that it was going on at the same time as the books, they just won't be able to get that again. Um, mm-hmm. So I'd be surprised if they do that. Um, yeah 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 i mean like you know i i I do really hope i mean i was bringing up that it would be desperate if they like brought back like certain like the lead the lead actors or whatever but that does make me a bit worried that they'll do like a kind of uh like that like not that they'll adapt harry potter and the cursed child but that they might do a sequel like that that they might do like kind of a like a, a, a legacy sequel as they kind of call it where it's like the leads are grown up and then you know, um, you have their kids or whatever that are kind of like, you know, that are of a certain age and stuff like that. And that will be, I, I, I wouldn't want them to really do that either, personally. Um, you know, I just, I, like, again, I like, like, like to, to, to me, that would feel desperate. Yeah, I think the, the there's an opportunity there if because the, at the end of the, Potter films, you, obviously they've all got their kids and mm-hmm. yeah, you could easily see them saying oh yeah, we're going to reintroduce these, kind of like a Marvel phase 2 sort of thing where you go, okay, mm-hmm. these, this is the new blood, these are the new mm-hmm. wizards and that's what they're going to do but <laughs> yeah, I just think it's it, it just doesn't have that, um, that core uh, cultural appeal that it used to have, I think that enough time has now elapsed and yeah, everything has kind of evolved that people are I mean, probably a little bit done with it. And actually, I suppose that's where Fantastic Beasts does have a great opportunity to try and maybe stand out a bit more on its own and, and do, obviously it's still linked and they're still doing those callbacks, but maybe it can do something very worthwhile with what it's what it's got that's true to itself. But we will see um, with the new film coming out not long now. Um, well, before we wrap up, Robert, anything else you wanted to say about any of the films? Mm. 
Uh, well, that's kind of hard. Uh, oh, 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 yeah, yeah, I'll say this. Um, uh, I don't know if effects-wise the uh, series is going to age that well, because I watched uh, the first film on the CV, on my CV, and um, I actually, I, I was a lot less impressed by the effects this time around. Uh, you know, I didn't think that they looked particularly good. Um, I felt that way less about the sequel, so, you know, who knows um, whether or not they'll get better. But at least in that first film, uh, there is a lot of, like, CGI, obviously, with, like, the creatures themselves. And personally, I was watching it, and I was like, oh, this just doesn't look real, you know. This, this just doesn't look right to me. So... You know, so there's that aspect that I think will be kind of up in the air. But currently, I can say that I didn't think that the effects in the first film were that great. Yeah, I agree. Actually, um, I think well, there is so much CGI, and there's like buildings being destroyed and things mm-hmm. like that. It, it almost felt a bit marvelly, actually, with that. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think with the Harry Potter films, you had so much um, practical effects going on. There was so much that they did for real, well, as much as they could. That mm-hmm. I think that heart hasn't gone into these films um they have realized that actually they can make them a lot cheaper kind of like they did with the hobbit films you know they didn't decide to have you know they just green screened a lot of it and things like that and i think that's the studios coming in and having more say in how this kind of goes down and making the films the films kind of scalable which unfortunately does have that effect yeah i agree with you i think yeah the effects are a problem yeah and and, then this latest one was uh short during um uh, lockdown as well. Um, well, well, well not, I mean, I mean, not 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 literally during lockdown, but it got it got like delayed, and then they had to film it during the pandemic as well. So I don't. Know, I mean, I, we'll, we'll, we'll watch this one, and maybe you know, we'll we'll just have a look and see if that's noticeable. Absolutely. Um, I mean, the film comes out on April eighth, so depending on when you're listening to this, um, it may already be out. Um, but yeah, it's been a fantastic uh, exploration of the films, and you know it's been great to revisit them. I do, you know, as both Robert and I have said, you know, it's worth rewatching them because they do have things to offer. I think you know, your opinions can change as you as you come at them, maybe with a different expectation and things like that. But um, yeah, where the next three films are going to go is anyone's guess, but we're uh, we're eager to find out, I guess. Um, this has been the UK Film Review Podcast. Thank you for listening. Uh, so it's goodbye from me uh, and goodbye from Robert. Goodbye. Uh, we'll we'll uh, see you again next time. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.